And welcome to our weekly Word Bible bod- podcast from uh, First Baptist Church Raymond. Uh, we're doing things a little bit differently. We're going to do audio only moving here on out. And so uh, we're going to make these around 20 minutes. We're going to do different Bible lessons, interviews, testimonies, things like that throughout the throughout the month to kind of give you all a little bit extra throughout the week to uh, to dwell upon and to use in your daily life. So we're going to go ahead and get started. We're looking at Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Brother Mark uh, preached on, on these texts uh, out of Matthew, and so we're going to look at Luke. Uh, it goes into a little bit more detail in, in a parable at the end, and so everybody likes a good parable, and so we'll just go ahead and start with our introductory questions. So without listing them all out, what are some of the biggest debts you carry right now? For me, it's obviously would be a house and then student loan debt. Okay, house. closely by that. Yeah, so we got house, student loans, or a house or cars, anything like that. I think we all kind of carry many of those same debts. What would you do if someone paid off the largest debt that you owed? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it would free up and free up a lot of money monthly to be able to do whatever you know yeah. unfortunately some people would get into debt all over even, even more debt yeah. <laughs> but hopefully not i know if we didn't have a house note man what what we could do with that money and what we, our free time would look like uh would be completely we need diff- david ramsey here today yeah dave ramsey david. well yeah. um actually i don't know if his name's david or not but that's, that's an interesting i think he goes problem. by dave you're right oh um, what would you feel for that person, and how would you express your gratitude for that one to pay off your debt there? You would be appreciative. Um, uh, you would express your gratitude probably in a number of ways, uh, anything from just saying thank you uh, to um, uh, a card uh, to being in debt for the rest of your life as far as your attitude toward them. Oh, yeah. Like, I would definitely feel like I owe them something, like there's a part of me that I need to, to give to them. There's like free advice for the rest <laughs> of life or if they need any kind of computer help or whatever, any, any of those things that people you know, and, and I do want to mention something, just something that happened to me personally that kind of puts flesh on the bones. Uh, you know, I, somebody did something for me when I was in my 20s. Uh, and it was quite extraordinary, and I w- do not wish to express who or what because uh, that would take away their blessing. But yeah, but it was extraordinary, and it was an older person uh, that did this for me, and um, it was a the person was a superficial acquaintance actually when they did this for me, and um, of course I expressed my gratitude on the spot, but. Uh, I sent that person a, a Christmas card every year for the rest of their life. Yeah. And every time I just wrote a long note of how much that affected my life and yeah. how I appreciated that. So I think we're going to get into that here in a minute, but oh, I think yeah. God wants us to be eternally grateful for what he's done for us. Yeah. And, and, and that's, good reason. Yeah, that's kind of the, the lesson that we're going to take out of this. It said, from all accounts, America is a debt-ridden society since we carry debts on our homes, our cars, our education, our frivolous purchases through credit cards. Most people understand the amazing amount of gratitude that you would feel if all your debts were forgiven. In this dramatic parable of a money lender and his debtor, 
Jesus highlights one of the more common blind spots and shows us how to be released from the trap of resentment and bitterness. The sinful woman in these verses demonstrate that she loved Jesus and desired to serve him because of the forgiveness she had received, because she clearly understood the value and identity of Jesus. She humbled herself and gave her all to him. Let's pray and we'll dive right on in. Father God, I thank you so much for your word today. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to study it and to share it with others, God. And Father, we pray that as we, we look at the, the sinful woman here and the parable here, that we would learn something new uh, that we can take away, away from it. And Father, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Yes. All right, well, let's dive right on into Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 38. All right, I'll read that. Again, uh, Luke seven thirty-six. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's uh, house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. So these verses set the scene for a story. Where is Jesus and who are the main characters? Really, what, what's happening right here? Well, there's a, there, there, there's a dinner party going on. Okay. Well, do you know what these dinner parties would look like back in this time? Yeah, they, they uh, had tables that were low to the ground. You reclined on your side. You mm-hmm. were actually laying on the floor, yeah. propped up on an elbow. And so when she comes up behind Jesus, he's, he's reclining. Okay. Uh, for, for those out there, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong too, but yes, you got the you got the low tables, but then there's also like people standing on the outside. Right, that of. people could come in. It was really unusual in in Jesus's day uh, when you had something such as this, like a dinner party. People mm-hmm. were able to come in and just stand around and yeah. listen to the conversation. Yeah, it was kind of like the entertainment of the day. Too. Right, and uh, of course, unless you were undesirable, then you weren't welcome. Oh, yeah. Which sorry. this lady is going to be shown to be an undesirable yeah and so who, whose house is, is jesus at he's at one of the pharisees houses there you go so he's at a well prominent it's a prominent house prominent member of society um, what do you find most interesting about the uh, the actions of the woman in this text well she uh she comes up behind him and you know from the other gospels and also knowing what this alabaster jar is, what's unusual is that she's about to pour out a year's worth of wages on him, which yeah. is no small thing. Yeah. I think in, in Mark, it's maybe in Matthew, it's just like 300 denarii, something like that. So. Well, yeah. Uh, typically uh, a jar, alabaster jar represented a year's worth of wages. Yeah. So she pours out this, Hugely expensive perfume. Um, kind of in my notes, um, I don't think she cared what others thought. No, like, she didn't. And I, I thought that was something very nice because we see the the opposite of that in the Pharisee, who definitely is caring what other people think about him and in in his community too. So they're like the the two two opposite ends of the story right here. Um, and so, but Luke focuses in the woman. Uh, what risk did this woman take by coming into the house of Simon here, the, the Pharisee? Um, what does this tell us about her? 
She was extraordinarily grateful. Okay. Because, as we shall see, uh, she was a simple woman, and usually that meant she was a prostitute. Yeah. And uh, these dinner parties they had in people's homes, uh, you could walk in and observe and just listen. You st- stood in the background and you right. were quiet. Unless you were one of these undesirable people, then, you know, you were viewed as, uh, um, you know, almost like a leper. And uh, so she knew, based on her reputation, that they would be thinking things. Um, And yet her gratitude was so strong and her Mm -hmm. love for Christ was so great that she, she, she just ran right through those barriers. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, um, just kind of alluding to what brother Mark said is, you know, there is the, all these social aspects to it that she kind of broke through and didn't care about the, um, the consequences of those. And for me being, uh, you know, for thinking about our students, you know, there's a lot of times there's social consequences to following Christ. Um, they may not be in the popular circle or they may not do the things that other people do and therefore they feel like an outsider. But this woman didn't let those things stop her from coming to the feet of Jesus. Yeah, she she was already an outsider. She already knew the risk. I mean, I, I was thinking like as far as the risk, it's definitely a social risk, even more so. And she could have been like mistreated, thrown. I mean, she could have been jailed. They could have accused her of something. It would have been so easy, easy for them to do that. Because why on earth is she in this house? And uh, but she didn't care. She knew who Jesus was and went straight to him. Knew the debt that she had. And and you know that that is one of the things that you see in the Bible over and over. That the the person most likely to not be grateful is the person who is the most grateful or yeah. the most merciful, like the story of the good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the most least likely person to stop and help. Whereas the religious leaders walked right by this yeah. person who had been waylaid and just went on their way. But the good Samaritan stopped. And, um, that is probably still true today. You know, those that we view as the least likely to come to Christ may mm-hmm. be in fact, the ones most likely to come to Christ, yeah. which ought to keep us moving forward. A lot of times we look for people who are just like us, you know, they're middle class, mm-hmm. uh, have a job and have a traditional typical life. And those are the people we go after. And I think that's human nature. Yeah. We, we go, we, we tend to associate with people who are more like us, so right. like us, act like us, and but like, us. but there's somebody out here living on the edge of life and they're hard scrabble is an old term they used to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we think that they wouldn't be interested in religion yeah. or the church or, or Jesus because look how rough they are. Those are the very people uh, as you look at what Jesus did, those were the people that responded to him. It oh, yeah. was the religious people that rejected him. Yeah. Said an unnamed woman who Luke described as a sinner came to the banquet at the house of the Pharisee named Simon. In her encounter with Jesus, several social conventions were broken. The woman must have entered the home uninvited for a woman to approach a man who was not her husband would have been unthinkable in Jewish society. Her sinful reputation would have made would have made any contact between her and a religious leader forbidden. Luke does not tell us how she felt about her circumstances, but it's clear that she understood that Jesus had something she desperately needed and could not find that from the religious leaders of her day. 
Let's go ahead and take a Luke look at Luke 39 through 50. 739 through 50. All right, I'll read that for us. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, Say it, teacher. A, cre- a creditor had two, debit- two debtors, one who owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she with her tears has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What did Jesus see in the woman that Simon did not? And how does this affect Jesus' actions towards her? And Jesus saw somebody that was in, in desperate need of him, in desperate need of grace and for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, Simon was just looking at her as what she has done in the past and almost like a someone can't change their change yeah. who they are um and that's who she is and i'm this you know it was this contrast to how he viewed himself as this important person as this righteous person and she was not yeah it's jesus to me just saw someone who was so broken by sin who needed to be saved uh and then just her gratitude towards that savior breaking the the alabaster jar and uh, jesus saw her and forgive her um what seemed to be Jesus's main concern in this passage, in this, in this whole, in this whole thing? What was his major concern? He wants us to understand what uh, God has done for us through forgiveness, and um, to have an awareness of that. And of course, one of the byproducts is that we show that same mercy to other people. Right. Or in the case of this Pharisee, a lack of it, because. His uh, gratitude and appreciation was small. His mercy was small. Yeah. So contrasted with the woman's humility and thankfulness, Simon's response revealed the haughty and critical nature of his heart. Because Jesus showed compassion, Simon doubted that Jesus was a prophet and doubted that he would have known the woman's background. Simon expected Jesus to fawn over him and be impressed with his religious activity and devotion. So Jesus led Simon to a clearer understanding of the woman's motives through the use of a parable. So what was the point of the parable? You're found in verses 40 through 43. And the point was that who you know people that are forgiven show gratitude for that and people who are forgiven much uh, usually show an extreme gratitude and more gratitude than someone who had nothing to be forgiven. Yeah. What, what conclusions uh, did Jesus' parable and questions uh, help Simon reach? Sorry, what, what conclusion did Jesus' parable and questions help Simon reach? 
that he was an ingrate. Mm-hmm. That, that to me was what Jesus was showing Simon, that you're an ingrate and you're also uh, misinformed because this woman's actions uh, represent the gratitude that's in her heart. Right. Apart from who she was, which were all sinners, we all have a debt. That's why he showed yeah. that both people in the parable had a debt. One was greater than the other one, which reflects that we all have different levels of sin in our life. However, right. any sin separates us from God. Correct. So. Um, yeah, when you look at Simon, he, he, he was missing the point. And um, I think a lot of us we miss that point. What would it What would it have cost the money lender to forgive the debtors? And what does this tell us about the forgiveness we have in Christ? Well, when you forgive someone a debt, literal debt, mm-hmm. if you owe me a hundred dollars, and you say I don't have it, and I say don't worry about it, forget it. Yeah. Well, I eat it. It's yeah. on me. Yeah, you, yeah. it cost you that $100. And, and that is what it cost Jesus. He took on our sins. You know, he who knew no sin became sin for us. Yeah. So he literally took on the sin of the world and paid the price for us. Yeah, yeah and, and to me, it's like Jesus would pay the ultimate price, something that we could not, not completely understand or even know. Uh, it would come at a great cost to, to him. And so it does cost to forgive. And I think a lot of people don't realize that either. Says, How does our gratitude for who Jesus is increase as we grow closer to him? And how does walking with Jesus lead us to continue in a pattern of repentance? I think as we grow closer and closer to Jesus, then the different areas of our life get illuminated. Mm-hmm. Um, it brings out the the things that, I've, you know, we go through sanctification, be more like Christ. But to do that, it has to be brought to our attention that there's something wrong there. And so um, that gratitude increases because you realize more and more all the things right. that you've done. You look back and see the things you've done, and then you look at the things you're struggling with even now and realize that you were a desperate person in need of saving no matter what... Uh, what it looked like on the outside. If you, you know, looked like a Pharisee who looked like they had it all together, or if you looked like this woman who was in, you know, an obvious need. And so I think all of us, as we grow closer to Jesus, no matter what the outward appearance looks like, we realize there was so much that Jesus saved us from. Yeah. And, you know, the Word of God says to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. Grow means a process. Right. It's, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. You don't step into the kingdom of God and suddenly you're the Apostle Paul. You know, you start out as a baby sucking milk. You have to work your way up to meat. But I like to think about this question. You said, how does gratitude for who Jesus is increase as we grow closer to him? I think about um, my own life, uh, which is I did not have an appreciation for what my parents did for me mm-hmm. as a young person. But then when I had children of my own and I began to have to make sacrifices for them, just as my parents did for me, then I gained an appreciation, you know? And so I think as we grow as Christians uh, and, and we go from a bottle to eating meat, we begin to 
understand more and get an appreciation of what, really what God's done for us. Yeah. So Jesus' parable helps Simon understand that love grows out of forgiveness. The more a person understands and appreciates his or her debt, the more that person will appreciate forgiveness. The natural response is to love the one who forgives, just as our love for Jesus grows out of having received forgiveness from him. Jesus showed love in guiding Simon to see both the woman and her extravagant care. Jesus did not stop with emphasizing the righteousness of the woman's actions. He also prompted Simon to contrast his own lack of gratitude. So as we kind of close out, there's a few application questions. I'll just ask them, and uh, y'all can think about it on, on, on your way. Just that gratitude is a proper response to the forgiveness that God has shown us in Christ Jesus. What is one step that you might take to cultivate a heart of gratitude towards God this week? And how might this be displayed in your relationship with him and others? And so, as we kind of close with that, any closing thoughts or comments? Uh, I think we all need to develop an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude, yeah. you're absolutely right. That, that'll preach. Yeah, I think Charles Billingsley said, I think it was Charles Billingsley, said, if I can't be anything, I can be thankful. Amen, that's and true. So yeah. I thought, I that's, thought that's a good little line to close on. So, Brother Justin, can you close us out in prayer? Yes, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings that you've given us, the, this uh, parable and the story of Jesus' life that illuminates uh, the need for for gratitude in our lives for the many things that you've done for us. We can't count the blessings that you've given to us because they're so many and so abundant. Lord, I pray that you will, um, that we will continue to be grateful and that we will um, be more intentional about being grateful for what you've done for us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you.